part of the FinCider.com and the SB Nation Network. And now, your host, Matthew Kanata, joined by co-hosts Josh Houts and Aaron Sutton. Hello, everybody, and welcome to FinCider Radio. This is Matthew Kanata, joined by Josh Houts and Aaron Sutton. The Miami Dolphins are set to head to Lambeau Field, the frozen tundra. The Miami Dolphins 5-4, and four, set to square off against the Green Bay Packers 3-4-1. and one. Of course, a lot of drama is seems up in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy, and the rest of the Green Bay offense. Miami Dolphins, no stranger to drama either. Plenty of that this season and plenty of that this week with Rashad Jones pulling himself out of the game. We will talk about that throughout the duration of this episode. But we're going to be joined here in just a few moments by Evan at Tex Western of Acme Packing Company, part of the SB Nation Network, the official Packers page for the SB Nation Network. You can find him on Twitter at Tex Western. Evan, thank you for joining us here on Finsider Radio. My pleasure, guys. Looking forward to Sunday. All right, Evan, let's get right to it here. The Miami Dolphins, Green Bay Packers, Brock Osweiler versus Aaron Rodgers, a matchup for the ages. It is no Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, but it is pretty darn close. When you look at Aaron Rodgers and his sprained knee and Geronimo Allison with his injury being on injured reserve, and the various challenges the Packers have faced on offense this season with different running backs, with Mike McCarthy pulling running backs in and out of the game. Uh, I have Aaron Jones on fantasy. I feel the frustration. I understand what's going on there. Uh, but other guys stepping up as well. How has the offense been? I mean, we hear the name Aaron Rodgers, right? We, we know that he is a great quarterback. Is he the same Aaron Rodgers due to this injury? Is he the same Aaron Rodgers because of all the turmoil on the offensive side of the ball? Is he the same offense that we're accustomed to seeing? And what can we expect to see on Sunday from Rodgers and the Green Bay offense? Yeah, this is a really a puzzling year in, in Green Bay. Um, you've got an offense that is not effective in the red zone, which is something that, that this team has been so good at in years past. Um, and I think some of that is due to Rodgers' lack of mobility down in the red zone. He was always so good at extending plays, um, buying his receivers time to get open, um, and, and making good throws to those open receivers in the end zone. This year, he just doesn't have that mobility. So that's part of it. Um, it also seems like there's a disconnect between Rodgers and McCarthy to some extent. Um, Rodgers just isn't going through his progressions the way he used to. He's always been um, one of the, the best quarterbacks post-snap of kind of diagnosing the, the defense and, and going through his progressions. And it seems like he's been kind of locking on to his pre-snap reads this season, which is really kind of bizarre. Um, and, and honestly, I, I don't know how much of it is really the, the mobility and the knee issue. I think by now he's, he's mostly healthy. He actually took the knee brace off um, against the Patriots on Sunday night last week. So that's a, a sign that at least that knee continues to get a little bit better. So the, the, the struggles that he's having throwing the ball and, and getting, getting the ball to his receivers in rhythm and on time, uh, I think it's more scheme related. And, and I think you can put some of that blame on Mike McCarthy instead of necessarily dumping it all on Rodgers. Although Rodgers does uh, deserve some of the, uh, the blame for the struggles this offense has had as well. Now, as Aaron Rodgers continues this season, and, you know, Mike McCarthy has brought in several offensive coordinators over the year. You guys have lost a few and so forth. You currently have Joe Philbin, who was the former Miami Dolphins head coach. Do you think there's any drama there? We know that Joe Philbin doesn't call the plays in Green Bay, but he is part of putting the game plan together. Do you think some of it's attributed to that? 
Or do you think it's just more McCarthy Rogers, their relationship being strained here? And, you know, how is that all playing out? Yeah, I don't think Philbin is a negative here in this situation at all. Um, he, he's got a good relationship with Rodgers from uh, his previous tenure in Green Bay. He's got a good relationship with McCarthy from the same time. Um, and you think back to his last year uh, in that first tenure in Green Bay, uh, I believe that was 2011, and that was Rodgers' first MVP season when he just set the world on fire. So I don't think that that's, that's so much of what it is, as much as um, – yeah, McCarthy's scheme not adapting and not embracing some of the more innovative things that you see out of teams like Kansas City and um, and Philadelphia, um, some of the, some more of those college concepts that just the, the motions and and scheming his receivers open. McCarthy has for so long relied on ISO routes um, all across the board, and he's got receivers who can win occasionally on those routes. I mean, Devontae Adams is a great receiver. But at the same time, you'd like to see some of that creativity, and it's just not there. So I think I put a lot more of that blame, at least on the coaching staff side, on McCarthy than anybody else, and certainly don't don't think that Philbin is um, a cause for any uh, of any friction or anything on the staff. Evan, thanks for joining us. As Kanata mentioned earlier, I mean that offense—it's not quite living up to what their expectations might be. Heading into this game, I mean, other than last week and a little bit earlier in the season, the Dolphins' defense has been uh, a liability against the run. And, I mean, you guys have Aaron Rodgers. So how do you see this offense attacking that Dolphins' defense? A banged-up defensive line, a linebacking core that's young and can be abused. You know, Jimmy Graham, he's a seam threat that the Dolphins struggle against those tight ends. And then those receivers on the outside, I mean, you got guys coming out that many haven't even heard of up until this season. And, I just see this being a tough matchup for the Dolphins' defense. So how do you see Green Bay's offense attacking that Dolphins' secondary? Yeah, well, uh, you mentioned the run game, and I'd love to see a little bit more of the run game. Um, the the Packers are, I think, fifth in yards per attempt on the ground, but they're 28th in number of rushes uh, attempted. And it's it's frustrating when it seems like there are – Great situations, you know, teams are running a lot of six-man boxes against the Packers because of Rodgers and those receivers, and McCarthy either refuses to to call running plays in those situations or um, maybe Rodgers is audibling out of them because he sees something else that he likes. It's it's frustrating when you get those advantageous, those numbers advantages in, you know, reasonable running downs and you don't take advantage of them, especially, again, with how good – Aaron Jones especially has been on the ground. So that's a little frustrating. I, I hope that this is a good opportunity to get him going a little bit, you know, maybe get him up into the, the high teens for carries. But uh, as far as the passing game, I think Graham is definitely going to be a big part of this game. Um, I, I'm curious to see with how, how Miami is going to try to defend Devontae Adams because um, I've been saying it all season. I think he is borderline top five receiver in the NFL category. Um, and, and some of his route running skills are just unbelievable to watch when you look back at the tape. So he's going to be a, a dangerous piece this offense all game long. And then uh, the the receiver, you you kind of alluded to it, but Marquez Valdez-Scantling is the, the fifth-round rookie receiver. I think he's second in the NFL in receiving yards for rookie receivers at this point. So he, he's really become a deep threat, um, and I would expect to see him um, matched up one-on-one on the outside and really try to take advantage of his speed. 
Yeah, Evan, you mentioned that Devontae Adams, and I think a lot of us are looking forward to that matchup against a guy in Xavier Howard, who many Dolphin fans, you know, you mentioned Devontae Adams, a top five wide receiver in your mind, or at least on his way towards that. I think a lot of Dolphin fans view Xavier Howard as that shutdown corner, so I think that's going to be a fun matchup to watch. Uh, let's flip over to the offensive side of the football. I mean, admittedly, I haven't watched a lot of Green Bay games. I know their secondary is young and up and coming. You got the the linebackers. You got it just seems like overall your your team has the pieces there, but I've been I haven't really got a chance to watch them play. So against a banged up offensive line, I mean Laramie Tunsil, Jawan James, those are two guys that have been limited in practice. It looks like they're gonna they're gonna play this weekend, but those guys are banged up. So the pass rush uh, it's gonna be an issue for the Dolphins. How do you see Mike Pettin and that defense attacking the a Dolphins offense that I mean we all know is led by Brock Osweiler. So how do you see guys attacking that this Sunday? Yeah, it's it's really interesting because the Packers' interior pass rush with uh, Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark has been great, and their edge rush has been pretty much flat-out awful all season long. Um, Clay Matthews is not the Clay Matthews he used to be. Nick Perry um, looks like he's playing hurt, um, and then you got a couple of, you know, okay rotational guys behind him. So, so don't expect to see much trouble coming off the edges. It's going to be Daniels and Clark in the middle that are going to um, – really make things difficult on uh, on the interior of the, of the offensive line. So keep an eye on that. Um, I think the you mentioned the young secondary, and that's absolutely true. And, and with the trade away of HaHa Clinton-Dix to Washington, um, the Packers also just cut Jermaine Whitehead, who kind of played a hybrid slot safety dime linebacker role. Um, and that was kind of a big surprise. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the Packers use their defensive backs. Um, Jair Alexander, though, is... Uh, he's the rookie. He's the first round draft pick, and he's really been impressing, especially these last couple of weeks. He had a great game against the Rams. I think he had five pass breakups in that game um, and just did a great job on Brandon Cooks. So I, I would look for him to to kind of he, he's already developing into a leader in that secondary, and uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. And so um, there's there's young talent all over the place on that secondary. It's just a matter of um, how they can kind of come together and and, and really start playing as a unit. We're joined by Evan Tex-Western of the Acme Packing Group, part of the SB Nation Network, the official Green Bay Packers site of SB Nation. Evan, as we look forward to Sunday's game, the Packers are in a pivotal spot here. NFC North, Bears are 5-3, and three, Vikings 5-3-1, and one, Lions 3-5, and five, Packers right there in third place. Got a little bit catching up to do to the Bears and the Vikings, but Lions right on their heels. We talked about the drama earlier up in Green Bay. We know the drama down in Miami. Packers have the home field advantage on Sunday. Temperatures expected to be in the high 20s, low 30s. As you look at this game, uh, who do you think has the advantage, and, and what is your prediction for how the game is going to play out? This team is sitting at 3-4-1 and one and just came off of two really disappointing losses, and I think they're looking kind of for a statement win that, that they that, – kind of proves to, to themselves and proves to the league that, oh, yeah, we know how to win football games again. So I don't think this will be a team that's looking ahead. Um, and especially this is the one home game that the Packers have in a five-week span. So that, that Rams game, the Patriots game, were both on the road. Um, then after after playing the Dolphins, then they get um, Seattle on the road on Thursday night next week, and then they're at Minnesota. So I think they know this is a game that um, in that stretch – with it being a home game, it's probably the most winnable of those those five games, um, and I think they're they're going to be out to um, to really make a statement in this one. 
All right. Evan texts Western of the Acme Packing Group. Again, you can find Evan on Twitter at TexWestern. Big game for the Dolphins. Big game for the Packers. We'll see how it all shakes out. Packers obviously favored, but they play the games for a reason. Evan, thank you for joining us here on Finsider Radio. In our view. And as the Dolphins head to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers, let's see what the Finsider Radio crew here thinks of this game and how it's going to play out. Houts, what do you think? I mean, it's obvious, and as cliche as it might sound, the Dolphins' defense needs to go out there and do what they did last week against a very poor Jets team. Uh, They struggled throughout the year against the run, and I think Green Bay's uh, rushing attack is a lot better than people give them credit for. Jamal Williams... Aaron Jones, those guys can both, you know, they can make way on the ground. They can do things through the air. So I think they're going to cause all sorts of mismatch problems for the Dolphins' defense. Jimmy Graham, I I know I haven't touched on him. We talked about him a bit. I mean, he's going to be a huge, huge mismatch when he's lined up against Kiko Alonso, Jerome Baker, those guys. So that's a huge test for them. The offensive weapons on the outside, I mean, it's cliche, like I said, to say, but going out there and stopping Aaron Rodgers and that high-potent offense – as bad as they've been this year, they've lost two straight. He's going to be angry there at home. They have playoff hopes coming into this season, and they have just not lived up to any of those expectations. I think they're going to go out there and try to make this a statement game. It's up to Matt Burke and that defense to do exactly what they did last week. For as much as I like the way they looked, for as much as I want to believe that's the Dolphins' defense we're going to see moving forward, I just don't know if they can do it this Sunday. I look for this to be uh, – a high-scoring game on Green Bay's part, and I think the final score is going to be 31-13 Green Bay. I, I look at this as a statement game, and I just hope I'm wrong. I hope the Dolphins go out there and surprise us all, but I think Green Bay's upset, and stopping that offense is going to be a tough task. I see two possible story arcs here. The one Houts mentioned, you know, a little bit of a butt-kicking. And then the other one I see is we actually stay close, and the reason for that is because we might be able to establish the trenches on both sides. You have to be able to get the run game going. I don't see a shootout working out for us. I just don't think we can keep pace the way, you know, a typical shootout would work out. Granted, I think the Green Bay Packers special teams unit, which was something we didn't talk about, can be taken advantage of by Jakeem Grant. So I, I think there could be a splash play there perhaps, but I think uh, we're, it's more likely that we have to get the run game going. We have to be able to establish uh, our offensive line and be able to to make some creases for both Frank Gore and Kenyon Drake. It would be nice to see an, an even distribution of touches there, uh, be able to get Frank Gore going in the interior, but also it looks like Kenyon Drake could have a uh, some plays in space and getting to the edge there. So I think the best medicine is being able to get a good ground game going and have, you know, have time of possession, keep Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines, make uh, the green Bay offense a little bit off rhythm and just not beat ourselves, you know, no stupid penalties, no fluky turnovers, none of that kind of crap can't have that on Sunday we're gonna have to make 
Green Bay earn everything and then just hope that that Green Bay defense, you know, one that's shown that's susceptible to a lot of different plays, that it just crumbles over time and, you know, just uh, come out and really just try to establish everything on the trenches. I think that's the main thing, come out with a smash-mouth attitude. The Miami Dolphins headed to Lambeau Field on Sunday, 425 p.m. Eastern time start. They're headed there for the first time since 2010 and just the sixth time in franchise history. They're 3-2 and all-time at Lambeau Field, and they hold a 4-2 and all-time mark at Green Bay. The Dolphins won their last meeting at Lambeau Field on October 17, 2010. Cameron Wake had his first three-plus sack game of his career, bringing down quarterback Aaron Rodgers three times in the win. He also had one-and-a-half sacks in the second meeting with Green Bay, a 27-24 Packers win in South Florida in October 2014. The Dolphins will need Brock Osweiler to play better than he's been playing, but listen to this. Listen how crazy this is. At this point in Brock Osweiler's career in Miami, he is ranked eighth on the all-time franchise list for Dolphins quarterback, rating leaders minimum of 100 attempts. Obviously, he's only played four games, so there's a long way to go, but if he stays at his current pace, he may finish in the top five even of Dolphins quarterback rating in franchise history. That's absolutely insane. They'll be relying on Frank Gore in the cold temperatures. This past Sunday, he moved into sixth place among the NFL's all-time scrimmage yards chart against the New York Jets. He surpassed Lions great running back Barry Sanders and enters this week with 18,204 career scrimmage yards. Trails LaDainian Tomlinson by 252 yards for fifth place in league history. If Gore stays healthy, he'll no doubt break that this season. We're hoping to see some slash and dash with Kenyon Drake. They posted 10 passing touchdowns of 20-plus yards already this season. Will Drake and Grant and others be involved in that? They're tied with the Los Angeles Chargers with the Buccaneers at 8 at number 3. The Dolphins' defense will no doubt have their hands full. They had a great game against the Jets, but was it the Jets or was it the changes the Dolphins made to their defensive schemes and rotation of players? No doubt they'll be tested right away against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers and their very dangerous offense and wide receiver core. If the Dolphins win, they'll be 6-4 and four in a great spot headed into their bye. If the Dolphins lose, they'll be 5-5, five and five, still in the hunt for the playoffs, but obviously not much room for error the rest of the way. Dolphins are not favored to win this game, as one would imagine, but they play the games for a reason. We'll see how it all shakes out this coming Sunday at Lambeau Field. Miami Dolphins versus Green Bay Packers. For Josh Houtson, Aaron Sutton, I am Matt Kanata. Thank you for listening to Finsider Radio. We will talk to you next time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins.
Miami has a dolphin, the greatest football team. We drink the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins. I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. We're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? And why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. (laughs) We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find us anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is... Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out.